0: Good morning is uh, just for you ladies who maybe aren't interested in tea there there will also be other beverages there too coffee and milk and juice and whatnot so you know and uh, I don't know probably I'm guessing little tiny sandwiches I don't know that's <laughs> I, don't, I don't know I, I hear I, I haven't been to these things but that's that's kind of the picture I have um, so good morning everyone welcome here I uh, like Scott said it's not 85 degrees out today, but it's still a good day. we were able to get out of bed. We're here with with friends, with family. Um, we're able to worship. There, we may have some issues. We may have some concerns. We may be worried about you know possibly you know four or five inches of snow coming today, which I don't I don't believe is going to happen. But uh, but our God is bigger than anything that uh, that can come our way. So uh, we we come and we're thankful. Uh, today we're going to be. Uh, the topic for today is going to be sin, uh, but uh, we're going to kind of recap a, a little bit of last, of last week. Um, I was going to say, too, you know, I, I, as I was driving around this, this last week, I saw a lot of people out in their yards uh, doing some work. I saw Pastor Don out doing some work. We've probably been using some muscles we haven't used for the last four or five months, so it's probably good to have a day like today where you can just kind of recuperate and sit at home. But uh, yeah, like Scott said, the summer days will come again. But uh, last week, uh, last week we had Good Friday and Easter Sunday. We remembered the cross of Jesus Christ. We remembered that His love was displayed for us in, the, in this ultimate sacrifice that He paid that covered all of our sins. We celebrated that Jesus won the victory over our greatest adversaries of sin and death. And we celebrated that His resurrection proved that he did indeed accomplish everything that he set out to accomplish. Everything that he'd promised came true, and the resurrection was the proof of that. Um, Jesus is the reason that we're able to call ourselves children of God because our debt of sin has been paid, and so we've been restored to right relationship with God. So through believing in Jesus that he is the Son of God and putting our trust in the work of the cross, and confessing that He's the Lord of our lives, we are saved. So Jesus teaches that when we believe, through the power of the Holy Spirit, we were born again. We've been made new. We're a, we're a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. Uh, we were once slaves to sin, but now uh, we are free. We were dead in our sins, but now we're alive in Christ. When we began this new relationship with Jesus, um, we no longer had to carry the guilt and shame of our past sins. We've been washed clean of them. The the stains of our sin are gone. We can now boldly go to God the Father like a child would go to their father. Um, we've been made right with God and free from sin. But there's, there's one problem. Uh, we still sin. Even after we've been saved, even after we've been set free, we still sin. So what do we do with that? Today we're going to look at, at three questions that kind of address this, um, three questions regarding being saved and still sinning. And so the questions are, do Christians sin? Does it matter if we keep sinning? And do we need to confess our sins? So before we, we dive into it, uh, I'm just going to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to meet with us. Lord God, I just uh, thank you that uh, you give us your word, that you give us instruction, Lord. Uh, Your word is not to bring condemnation, but to bring life. Lord, and we just thank you that, uh, that you sent your Holy Spirit to speak to us and teach us, and we just ask it, that you would meet with us, meet in our hearts, um, help us to grab hold of the, the truths that we need that can encourage us, that can help bring life into our spirit and help us to bring a closer relationship with you. I ask that your anointing would be upon this message and upon this congregation here today. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> So before we uh, start, before we look at these three questions, I want to define what sin is and why, um, why we call it sin and why we don't call it something else. Sin is kind of sp- specific. It's not just a mistake. Um, sin is something that we sometimes define as missing the mark. Last week we read that um, everyone has sinned, that we all fall short of God's glorious standard. Okay, so God being righteous, being just, and being the author of all life, God was the one who defined what is right and what is wrong. Um, It's written in his word, and as Christians, we have it written in our heart in the form of the Holy Spirit that lives in us and is continually teaching us what is right and what is wrong. Um, And so little by little, we're becoming more and more like God. So anytime we're disobedient to what God's word is, says what what the author of life has prescribed to us um, whenever we disobey that we have committed a sin against god Um, first john chapter 3 verse 4 this is from the amplified version it says everyone who practices sin also practices lawlessness and sin is lawlessness which it defines here as ignoring god's law by acting by action or neglect or by tolerating wrongdoing, being unrestrained by his commands and his will. Sin is not a word that we hear real often being used outside of the, this biblical definition, but sometimes when it is used outside of it, it's, it's used in a way that kind of diminishes the weight of it. Uh, you may have heard somebody say something about a dessert is sinfully delicious using the word sin as though it is something good when really it's the opposite of that. It's important that when we use the word sin, we only use it for what is actually sin, that we preserve the meaning of it because the word sin is something that we need. We need to understand the, the weight of it. We need to understand the value of it. When we break God's command, it's more, more serious than just a mistake or an, a mess-up or an oops uh, it's not the same as forgetting to pick up milk on the way home from work. Um, sin is a reason that there is a day of judgment that we needed to be saved from. It's the reason why Jesus died on the cross. Sin brings sorrow to the heart of God and it, and it brings anger to God. Sin is a serious thing. So when we recognize how serious sin is, we become more grateful for the cross. We become more grateful that we've been set free from it. And we become uh, more careful to avoid it. So even though we're free from the punishment of sin, we're free from the punishment of, of death, um, sin can still affect us. It can still uh, affect how we feel. It can affect uh, God by, by, like I said, hurting him, causing him anger, and it can affect our relationships with each other. So, Let's take a look at at the first question, which is: Do Christians sin? Now, this might seem obvious to many of us, uh, but every once in a while, you can happen across a verse that can make it seem like if you have really been saved, you will not sin anymore. After all, aren't we free from sin? So, one of those verses is First John three six. If you if you if you just grab hold of this one verse and read it, it says. Anyone who continues to live in him will not sin. But anyone who keeps on sinning does not know him or understand who he is. So at first glance, without reading the, the surrounding verses or the or the whole book, it can sound like John is saying that if we don't stop sinning completely, we're not saved. We we don't know who Jesus is. But if that were true, who could really be saved? So if we back up a little bit, and we go back to the beginning of 1 John and we look at uh, chapter 1, verse 8. It says, if we, and this is speaking of Christians, if we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. And jumping ahead to 1 John 2, verses 1 and 2, it says, my dear children, these are his fellow Brothers and sisters in Christ, these are these are people in the body of Christ. So he's calling them children. I'm writing this to you so that you will not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. He is Jesus Christ, the one who is truly righteous. He himself is the sacrifice that atones for our sins, and not only our sins, but the sins of the world. So in First in John, John is... Um, kind of trying to give some ways for us to test our faith, to see if we're a true believer, to see if we're really walking in fellowship with Jesus. And he settles clearly in the first couple chapters that Christians do sin. Um, And those verses that we read in chapter 3 are saying that, that we shouldn't keep on sinning. In other words, we shouldn't be okay with it. If we're living in fellowship with Jesus, We should try and live like Jesus lived. We should try and be more like him. Now, this may surprise some of you, probably not because of what we just said, but even I, having been pastor of Bible Center Church for six months, I still sin. It's true. I I still fall short of God's glorious standard. I don't do everything that I should do. I sometimes uh, have had wrong thoughts, wrong attitudes, I have lacked patience when I should have had patience and responded out of frustration or anger. Like I, I'm not perfect. I make mistakes. I have kids. I'm, I'm a, I'm not, not that I can blame it on them, but sometimes, you know, they push buttons. And so, uh, but, uh, you know, we all make mistakes. Uh, we, none, of, none of us can, can act perfectly all the time. And, and I know I'm not alone in this. I've never met a Christian uh, that doesn 't sin and and as we read earlier that if you claim that you do you 're only fooling yourself, so that means everybody else can tell so <laughs> you might as well just just let it go uh, but you you might wonder, I thought that we were free from sin i'd mentioned that before well we we are free from sin in that it doesn't but that doesn 't mean that we don 't have the ability to choose to go back to it. It doesn't have power over us. We don't suffer the penalty of it. We're free from it. We don't have to sin, um, but we can choose to. Romans uh, 6, 5 through 7 says, Since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be raised to life as he was. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. For when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. So sin no longer has power over our lives. We're no longer slaves to sin. Sin used to be our master when we didn't have the Holy Spirit. Um, The Holy Spirit then now empowers us so that we can live free from sin. We can choose to live according to God's standards. But even if you're no longer a slave, like I said, that doesn't mean that you can't choose to go back to your old master of your own free will. The Israelites, after being set free from the Egyptians, after after coming through the, the Red Sea, they multiple times looked back at their captivity and wanted to go back to what they were familiar with. At one point, they even recreated an idol that was from their captors. And they began worshiping that. They, they, there was something about what they were accustomed to, what they're familiar with. And our minds can sometimes be like those of the Israelites. We've been accustomed to the world that we live in and we have, to, we have a hard time sometimes holding fast to the world that we're headed to um, or the kingdom that we're headed to. We need our minds to be constantly transformed into the likeness of Christ. And we have to continually to death, that old nature that keeps on trying to drive us and steer us. In Romans, uh, after saying that we were set free from the power of sin, it goes on to show us that, that we still have to make a decision to not let sin control our lives. Romans 6 11 through 12 says, So you should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. Do not let sin, control the way you live. Do not give in to your sinful desires. It says that we should consider ourselves dead. We we need to try not to let it control our lives. We we can. We have the ability to let it, but it says don't do that. You know, consider yourselves dead to it. Um, Be alive. Focus on being alive in Christ and walking in this new life. Don't let sin control you. So are we still saved if we sin? Can we can we lose our salvation? I remember uh, when I was younger, I, uh, I, you know, hearing the about Peter talking to Jesus about how many times you should forgive somebody, and Peter suggested that maybe seven times would be a generous amount of times that you should forgive somebody, and Jesus replied that we should forgive seventy times seven. Um, and uh, at that time, I didn't really get the point. I, I guess I was thinking. I didn't realize that it meant that that we shouldn't put a cap on forgiveness, that we should always extend forgiveness. There is no limit um, to it. So I began to wonder if, you know, seven times 70 was kind of the number that God used. Is that the number that that, is it possible? And I, w- I was actually wondering, is it possible that I'd already hit that number? <laughs> you know, I, I truly was. I, I thought maybe I used up all my tokens. It sounds kind of funny, but... But uh, you know, I was I was struggling with sin, and and I was feeling uh, really distant from God, and I was truly wondering if I was a lost cause, if I'd sinned too much, if I'd hit 490, and now I've blown it. But the answer was no, no, I didn't. Uh, God's grace did not run out for me. So, uh, and if I would have at that time looked forward uh, or looked looked uh, in Romans. In chapter 5, verse 20 through 21, it says, Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace abounded much more, so that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. But where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. Praise God that, that his grace will always extend farther than our sin. We don't need to walk in fear that somehow we're going to uh, run out of grace, that that God's going to give up on us. He promised that he would never leave us, that he would never forsake us, that there was nothing that could separate us from the love of God, not even our sin, not anymore. Once we've been saved, our sin is covered. Um, We cannot be separated from the love of God. So since we cannot run out of God's grace, the next question is, does it matter if we keep sinning? Uh, th- this is the question that, that Paul asked um, as we move forward into Romans six, verses one and two. He said, "Well, then, should we keep on sinning so that God's grace, so that God can show us more and more of His wonderful grace?" And then he quickly and clearly says, "Of course not." Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Paul goes on from there to talk about how we've been joined with Christ in baptism and how we've risen with him in new life. We have a new life that's free from the penalty of sin, um, and, and we have this new life that is in fellowship with Jesus. And Jesus, he rose again to bring glory to God. He' gives glory and honor to the Father, and so we, in fellowship with Him, also want to live our new lives bringing glory and honor to God as well and to be able to join him in it. Our, our goal is to honor the one that that's shown us this great love, not to cause him more sorrow by living in the sin that caused the mess that we were in to begin with. So not only uh, do we now uh, do we have the ability now to live a life that glorifies God, but we have this new nature inside of us that wants to do what is right. And we have a Holy Spirit that wants to guide us. He's there to help us. And so now when we sin, we feel this conflict in us of this this old nature that wants to sin and this new nature that wants to follow God and wants to live according to what He's prescribed for us as, as being right living. Galatians 5, 16 through 17 says, So I say, Let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do what is evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other so that you are not free to carry out your good intentions." (laughs) So staying free from sin requires us walking in the Spirit. It requires us to continue to seek the Holy Spirit, to, to, seek this, to, to walk in this new life and not the old life. Um, we need to deny that natural desire. Now, this can sound like a really hard thing to do. Um, and it can seem like maybe in some ways you're going to be missing out on something if you do follow the spirit and not your sinful nature's nature, but um, to to be truthful, it is kind of hard sometimes <laughs> to deny yourself. It's it's not easy. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. That's why we need to be purposeful about walking in the Spirit and, and walking in prayer and walking in communication with Jesus. When we're when we're praying, when we're praising, when we're when we're fellowshiping with God, it's it's near impossible to sin. Because we're walking in the Spirit, we're we're being empowered. We're walking in the strength of the Spirit rather than the weakness of the flesh, and so um, if we try to do it on our own strength, we will fail. You just you can't live up to God's holy standard on your own, and we can't perfectly walk in the Spirit, and that's why we will stumble. That's why we do sin from time to time, but uh, thank God we have an advocate with the Father, and we're covered. We're covered from that sin. So as far as missing out on something, uh, the only things that we're missing out on are things that God knows are not good for us, things that are not going to benefit us. Remember, he's the author and creator of life. He knows uh, what we're designed for. He knows what's going to be a blessing to us and what's going to be a curse. And so uh, when we live according to the sin nature, we find that the result is that we experience Guilt, shame, conviction, loneliness, secrecy, unnecessary pain. Uh, God's discipline is there. We we have lost time. We we gain short-term pleasures, but then we have but they lead to long-term consequences. And so, uh, that's what we that's what we're missing out on when we don't walk in the 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 old flesh, the old nature, the sinful nature. But when we walk in the spirit. We have safety, we have love, we have peace, we have joy, we have protection, we have the family of God, we have a clean conscience, we have earthly blessings, and we have the ability to store up for ourselves eternal blessings that we'll have when we get to heaven. So does it matter if we keep on sinning? Uh, Yes, because when we keep on sinning, we, we displease the God that we love, we hurt the people around us, and we hurt ourselves and we deprive ourselves of all the blessings that God wants for us. So, yes, we, it matters if we keep on sinning. So the last question is, what do we do if we do sin? So uh, the last question is, do we need to confess our sins? Do we need to confess our sins to God? When we uh, consider that at the cross there was complete victory, Jesus died once, for all time, for all sins, that sin and death no longer have any power over us, we may say, why would we need to confess our sins? The debt has already been paid. The cross has already separated me from the punishment of sin. And that is true. Uh, You've been saved from death and you're now a child of God and there's nothing that can change that. Our salvation is not contingent on us remembering to ask for forgiveness for every single sin that we have. If if that were the case, none of us would make it to heaven. We'd all miss one and and we'd, we'd come before God unrighteous before him. Um, but the moment that we put our trust in Jesus, we were joined with God through the power of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit doesn't leave and come back, leave and come back, depending on whether or not we have confessed or unconfessed sin. We have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus, we've been made righteous and that gift will not be taken from us. But even though the penalty of sin, which is death and separation from God, has been paid, sin still can affect our lives. It can still affect our relationship with God here on earth. So earlier I, I shared to the surprise of everyone that I still sin. So have I, have I confessed every sin to God? no i i haven't i'm sure there are sins that that i didn't remember to bring to him or i didn't feel that I, I i just missed i don't know um and and that's okay god covers all my sins like if if the holy spirit wants me to to pay special attention to something that that is um affecting my relationship with him he's going to he's going to point that out and he's going to let me know um But there are times, I guess, that the Holy Spirit does point out those things. There are times where I feel a weight on my conscience when I do something, and 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 I do feel like I need to go to God and and say, Lord, you know, forgive me. I'm sorry that I that I did this. Now it's not forgive me as in I need salvation again, but it's but it's saying I'm sorry that I did something that hurts you, uh, just like in any relationship, whether it's with friends or family. Uh, wrong actions even if they don't sever the relationship uh, they can still hinder it they can still uh, make it so that it doesn't you don't feel okay and and you can feel guilty you can feel unworthy and it can sometimes make you feel like you want to hide from or avoid god when i was in my late teens kind of pointing back to this the same period of time i was referring to earlier i was really struggling with a sin and i was struggling to break free from it and I'd confessed to God many times, and I was beginning to feel as though I didn't deserve to be forgiven anymore, um, which of course none of us ever deserve to be forgiven. Uh, but I remembered that that at one point I even kind of stepped away from God. I, I stopped praying, I just felt like I didn't deserve it, I shouldn't go ask for it somehow I'm taking something from God that that he shouldn't give me um, I didn't want to bother God with my sin anymore. And then uh, one day, I don't—I don't really rem- remember the details of how, but but it kind of—he kind of spoke to me, or, or I heard something that spoke to me, that that what I was doing was not making God happy. <laughs> Trying to hide my sin from God or keep it from Him by not bringing it to Him wasn't giving Him any joy. It wasn't relieving Him. In fact, it was hurting Him more to see that I was. Separating myself from him, that I was not receiving the blessing that he'd paid for. He'd he'd bought a gift for me. He'd paid a high price for a gift for me, and here I was not using it. You know, it's like somebody gives you an umbrella, and you know, you're standing out in the rain, getting soaked. It's like, you know, especially when the other person is the one getting wet because they gave it to you. You know, that, I mean, Jesus suffered the consequences. He paid so that you don't have to carry that anymore. And so I, I started to recognize this. And I brought my sin back to him. You know, I went to him and I said, "Lord, help me. Lord, forgive me. Lord, help clear me of this this weight that I'm carrying." And he brought me peace. He restored my joy, just like he had in the past. Um, he didn't have any desire for me to somehow pay again for the penalty that he'd already paid. So, sin can damage your fellowship with God. Uh, you will always be His child, but when you have unconfessed sin, or when you have guilt and shame, it can make you feel just like Adam and Eve did when they sinned and they went and hid from God. It can make you feel like you can't go to God. And, and Jesus made a way. We don't, we don't need to hold on to that. So 1 John 1.9 says, But if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all wickedness, when we go to God confessing our sins it 's not so that God can get his book straight it 's not that he like we 're required to report you know that we made a mistake it 's not that he somehow needs to go and take some of the blood from the cross and apply it to our account it The blood covered all sin for all time uh, it's it 's all taken care of, but when we go it's it's so that we can be restored to right fellowship with Him, so that we can have right relationship with Him, so we don't have any guilt or shame keeping us from feeling unworthy to go to Him in prayer, to go to Him in worship, um, and, and unworthy to be used by Him. If, if you're like me, you've experienced times in your life where you lost time because you let the, the, the shame of sin be a tool that the enemy could use to tell you that you're not worthy to be the one to bring the gospel to the world around you. That somehow the righteousness that Jesus gave you wasn't enough and you need a little bit of your own in order to be worthy to share the gospel. Well, that's not how it works. Paul said that he was the greatest sinner of them all. He said that all of his righteousness was as filthy rags. It was worthless. But yet God used him to bring the gospel to the Gentiles and not only to the Gentiles of his day but even to this day most people who receive the message of Jesus Christ are hearing hearing verses hearing the words of Paul as he wrote in the Bible um, what you know what it means to be a Christian what it means to um, to accept and believe and put your trust in Jesus Paul a great sinner with no righteousness of his own was used to bring the gospel and so we need to not let sin hinder us from being used by God. We need to go to him, let him heal our hearts, wash away anything that's, that's making us feel separate. God's not the one who's putting up the wall, but our sins can make us hang on to things and we need to, we need to go to him and allow him to, to, to take it from us. And so we can have peace with God and we can be used for his purposes. I'm going to ask the worship team to make their way up. Uh, Hebrews 12, verse 1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. Confession is one tool given to us to strip off the weight of sin that can trip us up. It's how we can let go of the guilt of shame and uh, the guilt and the shame that, that sin brings. It's one way that we can lay down the sin that wants to ensnare us. Uh, in, in that moment, we can ask God to give us strength and give us wisdom and how we can overcome it. We're, we're really focusing our direction off of that sin nature that was driving us and onto the spirit nature and the Holy Spirit that wants to lead us. Psalms 32:1 through5 says, "Oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose, sins, whose sin is put out of sight. Yes, what joy for those who record the Lord has cleared, for those whose record the Lord has cleared of guilt, whose lives are lived in complete honesty. When I refuse to confess my sin, My body wasted away, and I groaned all day long. Day and night, your hand of discipline was heavy on me. My strength evaporated like water in the summer heat. Finally, I confessed all of my sin to you and stopped trying to hide my guilt. I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord, and you forgave me, and all my guilt is gone." One last thought on confession is that we can also confess our sins to one another. James 5.16 says, Confess your sins to each other and pray for, one, for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power to produce wonderful results. Secrecy is the best way to give sin power in your life. Secrecy is the best way to give, power, give sin power in your life. There's a reason why living in sin is called living in darkness and why living in the Spirit is called living in light. If we can be humble and bring our struggles and our sins into the light, that's the, that's the best way that we're going to find freedom from them. Uh, if you need help with a with a sin that you've kept secret, find a friend, and tell them about it. Ask them to pray for you so that you can find healing. Because sin can still damage your relationship, it can still damage your ability to re- receive from God and your ability to be used by His purposes because you, or for His purposes, because you don't feel able. So be healed, find a way to get healing. One last point before we close. Um, There may be times when you see a Christian friend or family member that may be struggling with some sin. And even though it may be a little uncomfortable to do, we should try to help them. Uh, We're called to be ministers, all of us. We're all called to be ministers to one another. Galatians 6, 1 and 2 says, Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path and be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself share each other's burdens and this and in this way obey the law of christ we as christians are not perfect we will sin but god's grace is never diminished and the cross was and is sufficient to cover all of our sins. And although we will not lose our salvation, we can hinder our fellowship with God under the weight of an unclear conscience. So to keep feeling able to serve him, to keep us um, from feeling like we're not worthy to serve him, we can go and confess our sins to him. Romans eight one says that there's now no condemnation for those for those who belong to Christ Jesus, so we can confess our sins to Him, and we don't have to worry that He's going to condemn us. There's no fear in going to Him and saying, "I made a mistake." He already knows. Like I said, He's not trying to get His book straight. Um, he knows that we sin, and He has mercy for us. He has grace for us, and uh, and we don't have to fear condemnation. But instead, He will restore us. He'll give us peace, and He'll give us strength. Amen so thankful for his amazing grace that, that's limitless, that we are saved and that he made a way for us uh, not just to have fellowship with him in the future but, but to maintain that relationship with him. He's always there, always, we can always go boldly before him as children of, of God and we can always receive uh, restoration, mercy and grace at his cross. Isaiah 44 verse 22 says I have swept away your sins like a cloud. I have scattered your offenses like the morning mist Oh, return to me for I have paid the price to set you free. We are free even if we sin the power of sin is gone sin has no power over us. So go in the power of the Holy Spirit sharing the good news of Jesus Christ bringing glory to to God. Amen? Yeah. Amen.